right, so um, before we get started, uh, I'm I'm always wow. interested to like hear from you guys. So yeah. where who who are you? <laughs> where are you guys from? Anybody can talk at once. I don't care. We we live in chaos since we're in youth ministry, most of us. So <laughs> where where are you guys from? Well, uh, where are we from? So like, <laughs> I'm Lou. Um, I'm, I live in Cleveland, but I'm okay. from Mm. Okay, okay, nice. We know the Nemitzes. Yeah. From yeah. we love we love Leah. <laughs> and, uh, two streets away. Oh, oh awesome. Nice. Leah's a good friend of mine, yeah. so love love them so much. And Jordan, man. And they're pregnant again, so that's awesome. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> yes, yeah. So what about you? Where are you from? Um, Gahanna. Gahanna. Oh, so you're around here. Okay. Yeah. How far? About 15 minutes to Nice. Oh, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Nice. Now, did you guys have to get a hotel? No. Uh, okay. You just drove in. Okay. Gotcha. What about you? Where are you from? I'm green. I go to Okay. Okay. Awesome. So this is like, is everybody from Harvest Riz? Okay. So where are you guys from? <laughs> uh, I'm from, uh, actually we grew up in the same church at uh, Bethel. Okay. And so I see the group together and so I'm at Bethany now. Okay. Alabama. Okay, Parma. Okay, and then what about you? Um, right now I'm from Cleveland, Chesterland. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Moving on. Where are you from? You look very familiar. Very familiar. So, I, but I don't know where to place you. Um, <laughs> I do a lot of growth ministry stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm in Wadsworth at Radiant Life Church with David Angel. Okay. Awesome. Now, Radiant Life here or? Wadsworth. Okay. Yes. Do you get that? Does, do people? We, get it. we do. Because um, there's Radiant Life here in Columbus, yeah. and people are like, whenever you say Radiant Life, you just assume that that's the same. Like we go to Destiny Church, but there's like a million so destinies, destinies, a million yeah. Bethels. You know. It's like people like trying to check into our church. Whoops. That happens. But yeah, we're Wadsworth. Okay, Wadsworth. And your name was Hillary. Hillary. Okay. Well, what about you guys? <laughs> Okay, Hubbard. Now, how far away is that? Three hours. Three hours, oh, okay. Wow. Now, did you get a hotel? Okay, man. Brief souls. Five o'clock. Oh, wow. See, that's why I bring this. <laughs> Fuel, people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what about you? Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I help out with a youth in uh, Byersville. Byersville. It is like, close to Cambridge, Zanesville area. Okay. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah. Byesville. So that's a real close to Cambridge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think I know someone who. Uh, I think I may know your pastor's wife. Who? Crystal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She comes to our pastor's wives get together sometimes. So wow. yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm so happy you guys are here. Wait, last but not least. Church. <laughs> Okay, awesome. And you and your wife do yeah, ministry. Uh, yep, yeah, we are youth associate pastors. She also leads worship. Okay, oh, nice. wow. All right, you guys are busy. <laughs> uh, well, we are Joe and Shana Rowland, yeah. yeah. and um, we are leading this session um, on bivocational youth ministry and embracing the balance. Um, or the chaos. The, embracing it's the chaos, balance. Line, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, I think first of all, we're, we are just like you. <laughs> so when Nate asked us to, um, to present, we were just like us, what? <laughs> you know, like, so, um, man, we're, we're your tribe. Um, we, we know what you go through on a day to day, maybe not everything, but, 
um, but we are facing the same challenges that some of you are facing in youth ministry, and we're having some of the same victories, too. And so, um, above all else, man, we're just here to help, here to answer questions, um, and so we will have time afterwards mm-hmm. for the four questions. So we want to allow that, because I know that sometimes you can feel like you get overloaded with information, but you may not get to um, glean off of the, the leaders, and so yeah. we want to make sure that we leave time for questions. So, yeah. I just did your intro. Yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah. sorry. No, you're fine. You're totally <laughs> so. um, Kind of like how what she mentioned, we're, we've been youth leaders for about four, going on five years, um, and this is kind of like we're we're nothing special. Um, this is kind of just what we've learned through those five years um, from other people's, from our own mistakes. Because I don't know if you're like me, I learn more from failing than I do actually succeeding <laughs> at something. So it's like when you know life smacks me in the face, I'm like, oh, okay, I should probably do something differently. Um, so yeah, the this is just us kind of distilling kind of what we know about trying to succeed at youth youth ministry at the same time of balancing every other parts of our lives. Um, So, um, yeah, with that, we're just going to open up with prayer and kind of get into this. Uh, I'm going to try to stick to what I have down here so I don't mumble and ramble along because, you know, it's right before lunch. So, we'll get to it. Lord, uh, thank you for just directing our paths here. Lord, you are, you've called us to succeed. You've called us ultimately to show your glory, to spread and advance your kingdom. Lord, and let that just be what we're encouraged in, Lord, that we can be equipped, that we can be encouraged to thrive in what you're calling us to do, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So the first section is knowing your call. And when we were really thinking about this topic of balancing work by vocational with youth ministry in my life, it helps to know that we are called to this, that you are called not only to ministry, but to the workplace as well. God called you to thrive in both scenarios. And if he called us to minister, that means he's called us to succeed in advancing his kingdom. So by extension, being by vocational is part of God's calling for you. And I know by vocational can be can feel like a curse. It can feel like like why am I doomed to this? But it's part of his life, his will for our our lives. Shana and I we joke that we contemplate quitting youth like every other month. <laughs> you know, even this week it was kind of tough balancing everything and like students students' lives don't stop right. So you get calls every like you no. Know, it's always at night. It's not when you're free, right? And they're like, my life's just falling apart. I'm like, I'm so sorry, you know. It's 3 a.m. Right. <laughs> Go to bed. So, and it's all that emotional stress the, and trying to figure out your responsibilities and everything, that it's in those times that I rest in the fact that I know God has called me, that I know I have heard his voice in my life saying, you know, Joe, you are supposed to do this. You're supposed to work. I work in IT doing computer geeky stuff. Um, so I'm supposed to work there and minister there. I'm supposed to work with you and minister there. So just, I encourage you to rest in that. And if you don't feel like you know that you know that you know that you're called to this, 
Find time today, find time tomorrow to sit in God's presence and rest in that. Rest in the fact that he has called you. Um, And not only does that calling help me remain, but it helps me to go deeper. It helps me to go harder. It's not just to survive, right? Sometimes we go in survival mode. How can I just make it through another youth service? How can I make it through another event? But it's like, okay, how can... I change lives. How can I pour out more? And we see that in Jesus' life. His life is a case study of just pouring out all that you have onto people. And we're encouraged to do the same. But we aren't called to the same style of ministry. I know with social media, it gets so easy to compare our ministry to other people's ministry. But we're unique, right? We're We're created uniquely. So our ministries should be unique. Our communities are unique. Our churches are unique. And Shana's going to touch on this later. But we're called to minister using our strengths and that uniqueness God has called us. So rest in the fact that God has called you to this and he means for you to survive, to thrive. And also rest in the fact that you are unique. You have your own strengths that God wants to be glorified in. And so the, to sum up this whole section, it's just resting God, you know, that God has called you and that let him be that strength through those chaotic times. So we've added um, things to reflect on either, you know, through the day, tomorrow. Uh, what is God calling you to do in this season? How does God want you to minister to students? Um, these questions are for you. They're for your team. We obviously have lots of extras, so if you want to bring these back to your team, um, we highly encourage you to because it can be it can be easy to you know get all the information, get all the knowledge, write stuff down, but then never come back to it. And so these are designed for you and for your team to come back to to answer honestly. Um, sometimes you can. Sometimes it's easy to put on a face and just say, "Yeah, I do youth ministry, and it's awesome." <laughs> But then you've got X, Y, and Z going on in your youth ministry, and you don't have the, the tools or the, um, the know-how how to fix things, how to correct things, and how to grow. And so um, our hope um, is that you would take these guides home and, uh, and go over them with your team. So, um, or so bring the, them to your youth uh, pastor if you're yes. uh, leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, the, so the first one, if you didn't get it, it's knowing your call. call. That's yeah. the first bullet point. Um, the first fill-in blank. So, and we wanted you guys to have to fill in stuff and actually have to, like, you know, do something other than just, you know, breathe in and out <laughs> and, and look. Especially before lunch, we were like, man, they're going to be so hungry. <laughs> um, so, um, the second thing we want to talk about, um, and the next bullet point is assemble a team. Um, look, you cannot reach the masses without a team. Really, you can't reach one student fully without a team around you. Um, The phrase, it takes a village to raise a child, rings true in youth ministry. Um, If you're doing bivocational ministry in here right now and you're doing it alone, so to speak, you don't have a team, um, I want to commend you, first of all, because I can't. Joe and I are a team, and we have a team around us, but I can't imagine doing it by myself. Um, And neither do I want to. while I commend you, I also want to let you know you need a team. <laughs> um, and I want to encourage you, you know, some of you may be thinking, well, Shana, I've asked. I've asked 
people in my church. I've asked, you know, friends of mine, but no one wants to join me. I get that. I really do. Um, I want to encourage you, though, to begin to pray for team members and kindred spirits to come find you. If you've done all the searching you can, then it's time for the Lord to intervene and provide the people who are gifted in the areas that you're not to come be a part of your team. Um, on a practical level, so there's the spiritual side of finding team members, but on a practical level, seek out other youth pastors in your area. There are other youth pastors in your area. They may not be AG, but they're still a youth pastor. <laughs> and so see if they have any connections to leaders. Um, a lot of times we can have tunnel vision and not realize that there are resources out there, you know, staring us right back in the face. <laughs> and so don't give up. Don't do it on your own. Don't attempt to do it on your own because you will get burnt out very quick trying to do it on your own. And you may be sitting in this room and you are burnt out. And I understand. I, I, I get that. Um, if you're in here and you already have a team, are you discipling your team members? Are they being discipled? Um, you cannot, as the youth pastor, youth leader, um, disciple every student. You can't do it. <laughs> um, I know it's, it, for me, it's, delegation is hard for me. <laughs> um, because I like to, you know, in my mind I'm like, but I'm the only one that can do it the way that it's right. <laughs> um, I'm the only one that can do that event or, or preach that sermon the way that it's supposed to be preached. That's not true. That's a lie. <laughs> and so, and it's like a, it's an entitlement and control thing that, that we can sometimes hold on to. Um, you have to replicate yourself in your leaders um, and delegate that discipleship responsibility to them for your students because you can't do it all. Um, Giving your team members simple tasks for, reg for your regular meetings um, and, re and discipleship responsibilities, man, it will save you a lot of heartache and it'll help your ministry grow. Um, and then also, when seeking out team members, you got to make sure that they're fat. They're faithful, they're available, and they're teachable. If you do not have leaders who show up who are faithful and who can be developed, you'll spend more time chasing them than you will your students. And so Joe and I have seen the Lord um, weed out leaders in our ministry. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. Sometimes, you know, they're going off to do bigger and greater things to start ministries of their own. We, we've launched several leaders to do that. And that's awesome because we've replicated ourselves in them. And so our hope is, is that they go and they make disciples, and that they go and grow their ministries in the same way that they learned and gleaned from us. Um, and in a lot of ways, the Lord will weed out team members in your ministry to make it healthier and to make it grow. Um, in a garden, you have to weed out. And sometimes that means to weed out the prettiest flowers, but the next season, man, the growth is phenomenal. Um, and while losing team members is never easy, it causes others to rise up in your ministries. Um, your greatest victories um, are won by a team in youth ministry, a village of people who um, invest in equally pouring into the students and in, or into, into each other and into your students. Um, so some questions to think about these. And these are hard questions, but it, it takes... 
it's awesome to take an honest look at your ministry and to answer these in an honest way. So if the answer is no, then it's time to reflect and, and change some things. So first question, who can I ask to be a part of my, a part of my team? You may already have people who are in mind or coming into mind who you maybe already asked or have already asked, but they're, you know, you're just trying to like, you know, pull them in because you know that they're meant for youth ministry, but, but they're, they're not ready yet or, or they're, you know, the season's not right. Um, but, um, so who can you ask to be a part of your team? What, what are the qualities that you're looking for in a, in a team member? Joe mentioned, mentioned it earlier, but we all have unique ministries. We all have unique ministry needs. And so, you know, Catherine's ministry may need something completely from mine, but that doesn't make it any less, you know, that doesn't make the team member any less um, fat, people <laughs> available, teachable. We all have unique needs. And so um, what other qualities besides fat are you, are you looking for? Um, what does discipleship look like with your team members? Um, if you are discipling most of your students, how can you transition that responsibility to a team member, to a youth staff member? Um, and then which students are ready to be discipled? If none of your students are being discipled, meaning that someone further along in their faith, you or a youth staff member has come alongside of them and have started asking, you know, questions about their life and starting to um, get involved in their life, then what students are ready? All of us have students who are begging to be discipled. Sometimes it can be, sometimes this, uh, the need for discipleship in a student can be mistaken for attention needing or um, just being annoying, <laughs> bothering you, calling you, wanting to hang out. Those are, tr- those are signs of the, of the want to be discipled, um, the need to be discipled. Um, that student is calling you, is annoying you, trying to get, be a part of your life because they just want you to be a part of their life. Um, and so, and then also, if you are a volunteer in here, I, I know we're speaking to an array of leaders in here, so maybe not everybody in this room is a youth pastor or a youth leader or the main person leading youth on Wednesdays or Sundays. Um, if you're a volunteer in here, are you fat? <laughs> are you faithful? Are you available? And are you teachable? Uh, maybe you're sitting in here and you're like, well, you know, maybe I could be a little bit more faithful. Maybe I could be a little bit more teachable. Maybe, maybe I need to start thinking about how better I can serve my youth pastor. Um, there's nothing better than a, than a, than a fat youth leader, um, a, fat, a fat youth uh, team member, man, like someone who you know is going to be there no matter what. You know you can count on them. Man, that gives ease to a youth pastor for sure. Um, and those are the people that you need to look out for and begin to develop. So, so this next section is plan and document now to save time in the future. So who's taken Dave Ramsey or heard of Dave Ramsey? Anybody? Okay. So if you've taken it, you know the first, almost the first things that he does is split people up into free spirit and nerd. So since I'm leading this section, you could probably guess that I'm the nerd. Um, Shana jokes that I have spreadsheets on spreadsheets on spreadsheets. And that's very true. Uh, I work with computers. I'm in data. So nerd is my language. So if you're a fellow nerd, this is your time. This is your section to be a boss at, okay? (laughs) To come alive. Be yourself. Um, 
And this is all about saving our time. Because we all have limited time. And I feel in ministry, even if you have a spiritual gift of administration, because I do too. I love working with the spreadsheets, doing the numbers. But the gold is found in discipling, in multiplying ourselves, in leaders and students. So the less time we can do on the admin side of things, the more time we have available to students, to leaders. Um, And we have a limited budget that we work with. So I'm not going to spend our money that could be better used elsewhere on admin tools that you sometimes have a monthly cost to. And um, so what we use is Google. I'm a Google fanboy. I love Google. Um, So we basically use Google to run our ministry. We have a Google form to have sign-ins. The students sign in, and it automatically says, like, okay, if you are a new student, fill out this. If you're an old returning student, just click your name. It automatically goes to spreadsheet. And then I have queries and charts built on top of it to track attendance rate from overall to um, individual returning versus new student ratios. Um, And no, no leader has to touch or has to count heads ever. It's all right there. If I get curious, I can just look it up, like just turn it on on any device at any time, anywhere, and it's there. Um, We do Google Sheets, which is like Excel uh, for STL giving. Um, Leaders do have to input. We do more pledges, pledge-based. So students pledge to give so much to STL, and so leaders input what the student gives, but it automatically calculates the percentage of what um, the student's given to their pledge, the overall, and how we're tracking to our total goal. Um, And then we just have templates for events um, that automatically calculates mileage and gas, um, fees, registration, food costs, uh, leadership costs, because we don't let our leaders pay since they're working the event, basically. You shouldn't pay to work. Um, So our students uh, absorb that cost. So that template calculates everything. We just have to input the numbers. It takes like 10, 20 minutes, and there we have a cost split out of what we need to charge our students because we all know if five students come, the price is going to be different than if 20 students come. So it all calculates that range. We have templates for our yearly budget. Um, Also with events... I would say to document, you know, what you did charge a student, how the event went, like did they like it, and also were they spiritually impacted by it. So that may, so when you're going over your next year, you can come back to that. And say, is this worth? Is this event worth it? Um, ultimately, we want to be Holy Spirit led, right? We wanna, we want to lead where He's leading us. We want to go where he's leading us. But the data should also help us as well. Um, so really, do things now that can save, that can free you up down the line. So you don't have to rack your brain of like, how much does this event cost? How much students are we having? And so on and so forth. It's making templates, making things now can really save time in the future. Um 
And if you don't have anything like that in place, uh, our, e our contact information is at the back. So feel free to email us, call us, and we'll send out these templates to you. Um, it saves us time. It saves us a lot of headaches to fill in all this information. And so if you don't have anything in place like that, let us know, and we'll send it out for you to try. And you can tweak it however it fits your ministry. So some things to reflect on is how much time am I putting towards admin tasks? Because remember, the golden ministry is multiplying ourselves, is discipling the students. What tasks can I transition to team members? goes back to delegating. We need to form a, a team around us, a stellar team, that also has our same heart that can go forward with this. And how many, how am I making the data work for my ministry model? Um, moving right along here, we want to make sure we give time for questions. Yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is establishing healthy boundaries. Um, now, I'm not necessarily talking, we're not going to talk about personal boundaries with, uh, with youth um, students, right, in, in this section. Um, we can, you know, if you have questions about, you know, setting up personal boundaries, you know, how much time you should be give with a student, you know, what are the legalities, we'd be happy to go over all of that with you and to answer any questions. But um, the boundaries that we're, we're focusing on in this section are time, time boundaries, um, Setting up time boundaries is necessary because, as you all know, as a bivocational youth pastor or a youth leader or a volunteer, your time is split automatically between ministry and the marketplace. Um, and so it's easy to neglect, it can be easy to neglect time with friends, family, um, and hobbies. Um, some of you are like, hobbies. I, <laughs> what is that? I go to camp. I go to reach conference. That's what I do. Those are my hobbies. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> there's uh, you do, you should have time for hobbies and uh, you are a human being that does other things besides ministry. And so, um, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage the most important part of this section is I want to encourage all of you to plan out times of rest. Um, in the Bible, we see Jesus purposefully take out time to spend with the Father. Um, and even in his busiest times of ministry, he still made it a point to take that time spent alone with the Father to recharge um, and to hear from the Father. Um, in fact, Jesus was a risky relaxer sometimes, you know, on a practical level. Uh, the disciples found him on, you know, inside the boat, and the boat was sinking in a storm, and Jesus was um, sleeping. And when I thought about that, I read that um, a few weeks ago, and I was like, man, that for a youth pastor, that'd be, for those of you who have been to summer camp, that'd be like us taking a nap in the middle of the mud pit during tire wars, okay? That, that, is, that, that is the equivalent, okay? That, that's that's the, the word picture that the Lord gave me. <laughs> It's good to be a risky relaxer, but if you plan ahead, then you don't have to take those risks. You don't have to um, wear yourself out completely, um, and then you're forced to take a time of rest. Um, healthy rest produces healthy ministry. Running on empty, it not only hurts you, but it hurts and limits your students' available or, uh, potential to grow in their walks with Jesus. If you're burnt out, then they're going to see that, and they're going to think, man, like, well, 
did I do something wrong? You know, are, are they tired of me? Um, so I have some practical ways to implement rest and avoid burnout. Um, the first one, look at, and these are, they're not like, this isn't rocket science, you know, some of you may already do this, but look at your ministry calendar with your team or with your family and plan ahead times of rest for the year. Um, I encourage you to look at the whole year of youth ministry and decide what days, weeks, or months, or longer that you're going to take time out to rest. Um, and stick to it. It can be hard when you've got students and things and, you know, things just pile up. But man, like a restful youth pastor will produce healthy ministry. Um, setting up time boundaries means that you have purposefully blocked out time for you, your spouse, and your family to spend recharging. Um, the second thing I want to talk about is guest speaker rotation. Um, establishing a speaker rotation has been huge for us. Um, Joe is primarily the main speaker on Wednesdays, and he has set it up where, um, so in a month, he is only speaking twice, twice on, on our main, main weekly services on Wednesday. The other two times are a ministry head from our church or a team leader. And so... That means that he's only speaking twice, which has alleviated so much stress off of him. Um, and so I encourage you, you all, if you haven't already done this, if you haven't already thought about this, or uh, maybe you have, maybe you already have a guest speaker rotation, add to it. Um, the more you can delegate out, man, your students will glean so much from hearing different people other than you speaking. They need to hear from someone other than you sometimes. And so, um, you know, it's it, it can be challenging maybe to find um, people who want to, to speak. But man, look out into your community too. It doesn't have to just look out, look out of the four walls of your church body and say, hey, who are the Christians in our community? Who, who are the teachers? Who are the nurses? Who are the, the leaders in our community who are serving the Lord? Who are the business leaders that need to come in and, and our students can glean off of them. Um, reach out to your community. And so it's it's easy to get stuck in the four walls of the church and just think, okay, well, I guess I'm just limited to the ranger leader or the impact leader or the, the, the greeter ministry. No, like there are there are other Christians outside of the four walls of your church who are, man, they are they would they would kill to be able to speak to young people and to be able to share their experience. Experiences that you and I we simply can't give. Um, and so some things to think about um, with this, some questions. Look at your ministry calendar with your youth staff team and your family and decide what your times of rest will be. Um, and then also, who will you ask to be a part of your regular guest speaker rotation? Or if you already have guest speakers, who can you add? Um, and then also, just a quick note about guest speakers. Um, we have found that for our ministry... It's awesome to have a guest speaker before and or after a huge youth event. <laughs> um, so before or after reach conference, before and after camp, um, before and after a winter conference, something that you're putting on yourself. Um, it, is, uh, it is awesome to have that already lined up prior to the event. That way you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about, okay, now i got to go rush and, and, and figure out a sermon 
um, you know, afterwards, or prepare for the sermon that I that I've already had lined up. Um, it's awesome to have um, that our that guest speaker rotation during those times of, of busier ministry. Um, so yeah. Uh, so the next section section is maximize the rhythm of your week. So we all have a rhythm to our life, a rhythm to our week. And it's this section is really just how do I strategically plan my week out to maximize it to to its fullest extent. Um, to give an example, uh, we usually don't have youth events on Saturday morning. So I take that time, I go into the youth room about 8, 9 o'clock, and then I just spend the morning and some of the afternoon in the youth room knocking out everything I have to do for that week. I do go to Chick-fil-A beforehand, <laughs> grab myself a chicken biscuit, because I am waking up on Saturday morning, so, you know, treat yourself. Um, but spending just that time frees me up a whole bunch for the rest of the week. I only spend have to spend like an hour or two through, like on a Monday or Tuesday, tightening up my talk. But a lot of what I do is knocked out on that Saturday. And you you might be saying, that's great for you, but you have other responsibilities. You might have children. Um, you might have two jobs on top of youth ministry. Uh, family commitments. But we all naturally have some lulls, some nooks and crannies in our schedule that if we realize realize it and tweak it, we can fill up and knock some of this stuff out. Um, some other things is combining activities. So meeting, discipling students, we sometimes just knock stuff off my to-do list because students want to be invited into our lives. They, want to, they just don't want us to be one-dimensional youth leader, youth pastor person. They want invited into our lives. So doing stuff with them that you would be, normally be doing is a great way to do that. Talk in the, you know, we go to get something from the store, we talk in the car about their lives. Combining of activities will help you um, condense stuff. Also, time block things. Group similar activities together. A lot of time and mental energy is wasted when our minds try to switch between things, right? We all can't be juggling 50 million things mentally in our head. So time blocking those out with like activities lets our brains kind of naturally just think on one thing. Kind of like writing. If you're writing a sermon and then writing a visitor card because a new youth person, new youth student came in, it's similar activities. It's kind of like things. So combo things together. The key here is knowing just knowing how your schedule is through the week and not wasting it. I know for me, Netflix is the uh, black abyss that I go into, you know, or Wikipedia pages because you find one and then you go through 15 others. Skimming the internet, you know. Like, know what you're doing. Uh, The main idea is to be cognizant of your time and know where it's going. Because if you don't know where your time's going, odds are you end up wasting it. You end up letting it slip through your fingers. So be cognizant of your schedule. Uh, questions to reflect on. What times of the week will I dedicate to ministry? Or where do I need to tighten that commitment up? Are there responsibilities that I need to let go of or transition to someone else? And what activities during the week can I combine? 
the next one, connections are key. Um, so this past year, actually a year ago today, um, Joe and I, we tried, we attempted to, um, when we did, we, we held a winter conference and for our, for our youth group. And we invited a good youth pastor friend of ours to come speak. And their youth group actually came and did worship. It was phenomenal. God moved. It was great. But can I tell you, at the end of it, we were just tired. <laughs> we were tired, and um, we realized, you know, I, I was kind of sad, to be honest with you, because I realized, man, like, we could have done so much more if we would have just collaborated with a couple more churches, with multiple churches. And, um, you know, and that, that kind of triggered something in, in us, you know, man, like, we, we need to open ourselves up to other youth ministries, Um Sometimes it can feel like, you know, you're doing everything on your own, but man, like there are so many connections to be had in the larger body. Um, So how do you make connections? Um, Find out, these are just practical things, find out who the other AG youth pastors are in your area. You may already know them, but I want to encourage you that these people are your friends, they're your tribe, they know what you go through, Um, they're your lifeline in in a lot of ways. Befriend them, hang out. Do something other than talk about youth ministry. <laughs> um, find out what, they, what they're doing well in their ministries and find out what their likes are, what their hobbies are. Um, make friends with them. Connect with them. Um, share your experiences with them and share your heartbreaks because a lot of times their heartbreaks are your heartbreaks and you, don't, you won't feel so alone after speaking with them. Um, make it a regular routine to pray for the youth pastors in your area because they're facing the same things that you are. Take time to build each other up. That's kind of like the overarching theme of synergy this year is building each other up in the Lord. And so we want to make sure that all of you are well connected with other youth, youth ministers and youth ministries because then you can collaborate. It's so much easier to collaborate when you know who the youth pastor is, you know what they're doing. Um, at the end of the day, we all need each other, right? We may not know each other that well, but we need each other. Um, we are in this together going after the same goal of reaching teenagers with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our goal. And it's time to battle together so we can win together. Amen. Um, it's paramount in your ministry to, um, at any ministry level to recognize your weaknesses or I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Recognize what your strengths are and outsource your weaknesses. Um, if you were good at everything, you would not need Jesus. <laughs> and so let alone another youth pastor to come alongside of you or another leader to come alongside of you. Um, making connections means that you find someone who is good at something you aren't and you humbly allow them to do that thing in your ministry. So if you're like us and you're not good or you don't have the resources at putting conferences together, you can name whatever you're not good at. You already know what it is. <laughs> it's kind of like a black eye. <laughs> um, then find somebody who's good at that thing and let them do that in your ministry. Um, your students, will, your students will, will grow from that. They'll be able to see different people doing different things, showing off talents and using their gifts and talents in your ministries, and it'll be a well-rounded ministry. Um, ask other youth pastors about events that they do and go be a part of them. Um, it's awesome when you've got a youth ministry down the road who can put on great big events and you can go be a part of that. And all you have to worry about is just getting your students to and from that, that event. And you don't have to worry about, 
okay, this is the cost analysis of this, and, <laughs> and we have to, like, figure out, you know, like, who's going to be speaking at 8.05 p.m., and, you know, like, um, go find someone who's good at something or doing something or and go be a part of it. Um, and if you're here and you are a part of a youth ministry who is good at something, um, like putting on conferences and events or XYZ, name that thing, ask other youth ministries around you to come be a part of it. So it's the flip side. So if you're, if you're not good at something, go be a part of it. If you are good at something, invite others to come be a part of what you're doing. Um, I can't tell you how much it means to a struggling youth pastor when another youth pastor calls them and says, hey, will you just, will you be a part of this event? Um, we'd love for you guys to come. Um, that can really dig a struggling youth pastor out of, out of a hole, so to speak. Um, and I know that our, um, I don't know if maybe you guys know this already, but our, our Ohio Youth Leaders Facebook page is always full of upcoming events. Um, they've really done a great job with, um, making this a, an awesome connection base. And I, I'm thankful for it because I've gleaned a lot, a lot off of it. Um, so go be a part of that Facebook page if you aren't already. I've listed it at the bottom of this section so that you can go like it, you can go be a part of it, and you can go share ideas from it. There's also the uh, area reps information yes. on the OIM um, website. Right. So if you don't know the area rep for your area, you can go on that website and be able to contact them. Right. Um, a personal invite over the phone with the, the, the social media aspect is great. The Facebook page is awesome. You know, it's awesome that youth pastors are sharing their events and we can, you know, we can glean so much off of that. But, um, a personal invite over the phone, youth pastor to youth pastor goes a long way, man. Like it's amazing when another youth pastor calls you and says, Hey, I posted this event, but I just wanted you to know personally that I want you to come. Um, that makes it a lot more personal. That makes it a lot more, um, inviting, so to speak. Um, and so I want to encourage you guys, if you have an event, invite, invite, invite. Um, more can be done when we collaborate. Um, more, uh, we can win more of the kingdom when we collaborate with other, with other ministries. Um, so some questions, what things do you do well? And how can you share those with other ministries? Where are your weak areas? How can you outsource those? Who are the youth pastors in your area? How will you connect with them? And who can you invite to be a part of your next youth event, no matter your size, whether or not you serve five students or you serve 85 students, who can you invite to be a part of your next major youth event? Um, and like I said before, if you need connection, if you're not connected to the Facebook group, the Ohio Youth Ministry Pastors page on, on Facebook, please go do that. Um, it's an awesome resource. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about, and we're going to quickly go through this, um, I don't want to leave this out because if we just talk about youth ministry, we're only talking about one half of our hearts, right? Because most of you in here, maybe all of you, I'm not sure, um, but you have another part of your life since you're bivocational. It means that you're in the marketplace. So we're going to talk about the other half of your heart, and that is the marketplace, uh, marketplace ministry. Um, like I said, we didn't want to leave out the importance of this um, because there is significance in this unique opportunity that you've been given to be a youth minister and a marketplace ministry at the same time. <laughs> and I know that it's chaotic. <laughs> Joe and I go to a nine to five job every day and we do youth ministry too. And so we, we get it. We understand that it can be chaotic. Um, but I want to encourage you that your role in the marketplace is not lesser 
than your role in youth ministry. In fact, most of us spend more time with our co-workers in the marketplace than we do with our students in youth ministry. And so the time, so are you, are you, so the main thing I guess is that are you using that time at work just to survive it? Or are you creating genuine relationships with your coworkers um, and sharing the love of Jesus Christ with them? A few months ago, an elder in our church, um, he had an awesome word. I, I got a job almost a year ago, um, a new job, and I love it. I work in the park system um, in Dayton, and it's awesome. I get to go to a park every day for work. I mean, what could be better than that? Um, but I began just to think about my coworkers. And, man, I love, I love them so much. Um, and uh, an elder in our church one Sunday, he, uh, he was talking, and he was giving this word. Man, it just struck me. It struck me right, right in the heart. And he said, we're always asking the Lord to change our coworkers, change our job situation, change the atmosphere at our jobs, change this, change that. But in reality, he's already changed it because you're there. You are there. And so you have the Holy Spirit and tools necessary inside of you to be that change. And so to heal and to reconcile your coworkers back to Christ, man, that's a unique opportunity that we all have. Um, and I guess we need to begin to view and regard and treat our workplaces the same way that we treat our youth ministries. Because a lot of times we can think, man, I just wish that I didn't have to go to work today. I wish I could just go be a full-time youth pastor. Well, the grass is always greener on the other side. (laughs) So, you know, just because you're in full-time youth ministries, a lot of times that means that you're not even doing youth ministry (laughs) as much as you think you are. And so, man, we have been given a unique opportunity to reach our coworkers for Christ. Um, so some, uh, so the, so your youth ministry and your marketplace, they're, they're one and the same. Um, so who in your workplace can you begin to genuinely befriend? How can you cultivate authentic relationships with these coworkers? What personal views of where you work, what you do or who you work with or who you work for need to change? Some of us need to repent because we've, com- we've complained too much about our jobs. We complain too much about who we work for and who we work with when the Lord's just asking for you to befriend them. He's just asking for you to, to share his heart with them because he's placed you there for a reason, for this reason, to be that change and to cultivate those relationships. Um, and, then I'll, and then the last question, what steps do you need to take to be an effective marketplace missionary? Um, Joe and I, man, we just want to thank you guys all for being here with us. Um, I know this is a lot. There's a lot to unfold. If you've taken notes, if you want to take another one of these, we are, they're yours to, to have. And to we keep. don't want to yeah. take any home. So. Yes. <laughs> um, and man, we're just so honored to be here at, uh, Synergy today and we're available for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. If you want to have one-on-one conversations or, um, you know, want to, want to just know, want to befriend us. <laughs> We love making new friends, and so I've included our um, 
Well, we've included our information, our contact information at the end of your guide. And so please find us on Facebook. We love Instagram. We love yep. Facebook. Joe has Snapchat. I do not. <laughs> but, um, and uh, man, or just text us, call us um, if you have questions. But yeah. um, before we leave, we want to leave room for questions. So yeah, if you guys have any questions, about let minutes, us let yeah. us have them. <laughs> Your kids? Not no. yet. No. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. 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 Not yet. Yeah. 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 Not so. even a dog yet. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a struggle. It's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Not yet. Um, we are probably going to start plant family planning in the fall. So um, all of this will be void then because yeah. we will relearn how to do ministry. Yeah. So um, do, have, do all of you have kids? I just had a baby. Oh, well, oh, can you yeah. teach a session next year on, on the transition from, yeah. <laughs> from single yeah. ministry to family ministry? That'd be great. Um, yeah. So a good excuse. Yeah. Yes. What's her name? Sophia. Sophia. Aww. She's good on Oh my oh, gosh. Nice. That's wonderful. Yeah, we were, so for you so for you i'm just gonna ask you a question yeah how has the transition been has it been rough has it been uh yeah it's um my wife she was able to take six weeks off uh i was able to take my second week of vacation off mm-hmm. and so i I am a full-time youth pastor, but I teach piano on the side as well. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I keep myself very busy. Wow, okay. And then uh, during this time, too, uh, right before we're about to give birth, we were actually uh, kind of adding on something that's kind of different. Um, but with Rockside, with Donna Barrett, uh, we've kind of added on with their youth ministry. So we've mm. been working with them part-time and giving awesome. youth uh, combined in events and also services. Yeah. Also doing some extra things at their place, too. And that's right when we're having a baby. Uh, we were able to kind of take take a moment, and we did do. Uh, we moved our lock in that's normally in December to just a few months out. That way, my wife could still help. Sure, uh, she yeah. can still walk. And just being there helps. And uh, and then we didn't do an event in December uh, when we had the baby, and then in January we didn't. But then uh, in the fall we kind of jumped back in with the winter jam, which was nice and easy to get mm. back in. Nice. Yeah. And then now yeah. next week we're doing like a guys' night at our place. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, so yeah, the balance is kind of different. Yeah. yeah. It was a little tricky sure. and everything. But, um, well, I fully expect you to be here in this position. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be we'll be gleaning off of you <laughs> hopefully next yeah. year. But yeah, yeah. That's Plus, awesome. you have you know building babysitters with all the youth, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. They, love, they love her. Yeah. Yes. Which is nice. Isn't that like awesome yeah. to have like just like people who would like just want to hold your baby and like? You know, <laughs> we have a good team now that was able to take over for that time. Mm. So, oh, so awesome. I was off a week from the work. Uh, uh, like in the office for the whole month, like uh, after a week of not being in youth, I would still be there, but they would do everything. Oh, uh, so what a blessing. Yeah. That was huge because when we came uh, about two and a half years ago to where we're at, there was no leaders. It was just my wife and I. Yeah. And we didn't get, we prayed for a while and we searched, but we didn't get a leader until like a year and a half. And then boom, we got like a team of like eight, including ourselves. Oh, wow, so that's, awesome. Awesome. that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome to help. see the Lord. And it's funny, like, like when you just go in just to watch everything, it's like you're taking a break. It, you know, like going from having to do everything to just like watching it all unfold. You're like, yeah, yeah this is me. <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. fun. It's fun to watch leaders do things that you aren't able to do. You know, like it's fun to watch um, team team members like go up there and preach a sermon, and you're like, man, they're better than me. <laughs> like, you know, and so it's awesome to replicate yourself and to bring those leaders higher too. So it's awesome. Any other questions? I want to make sure we have enough time. I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, how do you do things like 
um, summer camp and different events, how do you manage your vacation time from work with, you know, my husband, we're not currently in youth ministry, but we are um, looking to move in that direction. We have four children. Um, Two of them would be in the youth group. Okay. Um, And then we have two younger ones as well. Um, All boys. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, How do you manage your vacation time to fit in everything? Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. So for us, um, the way that it's worked out, um, Joe, uh, I guess here's where having a team really helps um, because that means that you don't necessarily have to always be at the event. Um, and so if you're not able to take off of work, then you can delegate you know, the responsibility of being at the event to a team member who does have the time. Um, and so, um, like, so for us, um, our, and that being said, a lot of our team members, they don't go to events. It's just he or I, we just kind of like piggyback. So if he's not able to, then I'll go or vice versa. So like last year for camp, I wasn't able to go because of, um, I had just gotten a new job and I didn't have the vacation time. And so Joe went ahead and, and, and took camp and then he had, he had another extra week so we could, um, so we could balance it out for like our own personal vacation too. So, and I understand that it doesn't always work out that way, but having a built-in team or a built-in person from your church to say, okay, I can take this event or I can go. I know it, it hurts not to be able to go. I, it stunk not to go to be able to go to camp. But I was rested in the fact that he was there. At least that was his first time, too. Yeah. So it was like, you know, <laughs> throwing him in the fire. Oh, it was so fun, though. It was yeah. so fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it was great, you know. But, um, but yeah, so I'd say pick and choose what events that you can be at. But don't beat yourself up if you can't go to everything. But then delegate that time to somebody else. So. And also that's when just planning comes in, like taking what you know it, you'll have in PTO or time off and just planning it out. Like what can I do for the youth and what time should I take for myself and just sticking to that schedule? Being bivocational means that you can't do everything. And sometimes that is, that's a hard truth to, to face. But, um, I think that, um, like Joe said, planning out, looking at your year ahead of time and saying, okay, these are the events that I'm going to plan to be at. Then you're, then, you know, ahead of time, who's going to be doing what. So, Um, so yeah, that's, well, and our situation is a little unique. You know, my sure. husband is more of a youth pastor. I'm here getting mm. information because he's sure. another youth uh, Sure. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of interested in what my role will be. You know, I'm not a pastor. Sure. I don't want to be. Yeah. Um, I'm the church administrative assistant. Mm. So okay. I am involved in oh, some nice. of the workings of the church. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, I kind of want to know what my balance would be as, you know, how much should I be involved with the youth? Because, I mean, there's young ladies in the youth group that yeah. that need or want a relationship, not just with their youth pastor, but sure. possibly that female connection. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, that he can't offer them. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious to know what my role mm-hmm. would be. Yeah, it you know as him as the youth pastor and me as the wife you know I don't I can't be sure in youth every week sure um, like I said we have four children mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so I'm also responsible for yeah you know raising my children sure as well. sure um, 
So I'm just kind of curious as to how that would balance out. Yeah. When you were talking, I practically, um, I thought, man, like, it'd be awesome just to start, like, a small group with those girls. Um, And I'm not sure their ages or or where they're at in maturity level. Um, Small groups can... You know, depending on the maturity level, you know, some some kids are ready for small groups. Some are like, why are we sitting in a circle? (laughs) But um, but I think going back to just um, making yourself um, available for making your life available for them to come into the rhythms of it um, would be key. Um, and so whatever capacity that is, you, you have time boundaries already in your life. And so, um, I think it's, I think it's about finding ways to connect with them that don't, um, that aren't time sucks, that aren't, um, that's not going to, you know, make it feel like it's your responsibility to, but I, I, I can feel that pressure, you know, of like, I have to disciple them. Like I am the mm-hmm. one, you know, but, but then also do you guys, I'm just curious, do you guys have a team of people just... Kind of. It's kind of complicated right okay, now. Sure. We had pastors that left, and we had a team of people that kind of took over, mm-hmm. and we do church in a box, so sure. we are set up and tear down every Sunday. Oh, okay, and yeah. We yeah. use another church's facility on Thursday nights. So, okay. So, you know, we've got a lot of people that are just burnt out. Sure. And so the team that has been helping is kind of burnt out. Yeah. And so we're not, if we do step into this role, we're not exactly sure what we're going. Yeah. Well, I would begin to pray. I know you probably already have, but begin to pray for the right people to come along. You know, Joe, we, we've been through every scenario. We, we started out by ourselves. We had like that, kind of one helper, but kind of yeah. not. And then like we've now, and then we were like up to four, four people and then like something happened and then, you know, two of them left. So it was just, you know, like there's natural ebbs and flows in, in ministry. But I think in order to do, uh, healthy bivocational youth ministry in whatever capacity you're in, you have to have a team. Um, or they don't even have to be, you know, youth volunteers. Just connect them with people in church. Yes. It really takes a whole church to raise children. It really does. It can't just be on, you know, us or just the youth team. It has to be the whole church. Right. Um, but anyway, I, I'd love to talk, you know, more in, in depth about, cause I, when you were talking, I was like, man, like, it'd be awesome. You know, st- a small group just kept, you know, coming to mind of like, you know, maybe you can't be in there every Wednesday. And so, but they know that they can meet with you once a month, you know, all together. Um, and that way, you know, you open up your life, you invite them to your house and you say, Hey, it's chaotic here, but I want you guys to come be a part of this. <laughs> yeah, Don't look at the mess, but I just want to invite you guys into my life and to, and you know, cause I know you guys are ready for discipleship, you know, and, and whatever level that is. So, um, I hope we answered your question. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Um, any other questions before we go? I don't want to leave anybody out or yes. So like with having a job and, uh, so, like, and having a Sabbath and not having a Sabbath, what does that look like for you guys with, if you're working, you know, five days a week, uh, and then obviously Sunday, you know, it's kind of work, and then Saturday yeah. is a day that is easily filled in, and yeah. so I know some people, they're able to have a Sabbath, and so for me, uh, like, it's crazy, like, four days and nights, it's completely booked, but then I, I do have a Sabbath on Thursday, but my wife... Uh, she, you know, is kind of similar boat as you. Sure. Uh, you know, she feels just as called as much as I am. Yeah. Uh, but she works, you know, a normal job, and so she doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what does that look like? You know, what do you guys try to do to kind of have that me time, you know, refresh and fill up? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of goes back to, like, what can you fit in? Um, 
Also, what does a Sabbath look like? Is it totally just being a potato on the couch, or is it just kind of taking it easy and like doing stuff at your own pace for a little bit? Um, so, if both if both like Saturday and Sunday's booked, that's that's tough. Uh, definitely, if it's constantly, I mean, there's some weekends where we're totally booked all through the week, but usually I can get like an afternoon off of just doing stuff at my own pace. So that that's kind of what I feel as a Sabbath. Is like there's stuff to do at the house, but I just you know put on some Netflix and then just kind of uh, piddle around the house. Um, yeah. I think that your Sabbath also your Sabbath goes through ebbs and flows too, depending on the season you're in. And so I wouldn't um, I wouldn't focus too much of like um, of you know when am I going to have a Sabbath, but what am I going to do for a Sabbath? Yeah. Um, you know because um, a Sabbath looks different, whatever, in, in whatever season you're in. And so a Sabbath may not be the same as it was a year ago, but that doesn't make it any less of a Sabbath. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think it is just finding those, you know, maybe you have to split your Sabbath up. Up. Maybe it's like, hey, I, I have Saturday evening open and I have Monday evening open. That's my Sabbath, <laughs> you know. Um, I think that, um, you know, and, and it's consecrated time of rest, and it's honoring the Lord. And so whatever, um, whatever that looks like in your week, um, make it happen. Um, that's a great question. Um, and, you know, no one's perfect at having Sabbath. And so we're taking that, that time. But I think that an effort matters, <laughs> you know, the, the most. So, um, yeah. Okay, I think, I, think we, yeah, yeah. I think we have to go. But, um, man, I think now it's time for lunch, so we're going right. to take our lunch to our next session. Yeah. So thank you guys so much, yeah. and we're available if you guys want to have conversations. Yeah. Yep. Thanks.